Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area and down in Bradenton, Florida as well. You can uh, get in touch and find us by going to skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com. Scott, it is great to talk to you once again. The last time that we spoke, it was kind of right at the beginning of this whole coronavirus outbreak and pandemic and when, uh, you know, kind of all the shutdown orders were starting to go in place and the world's changed a lot since we have last spoken. <laughs> Boy, that that's an understatement, isn't it? I mean, things are, things are crazy. And, and, uh, I mean, the, everybody's at home and they're all starting, to, starting to go a little crazy themselves. I mean, uh, luckily I'm fortunate because I am an essential business and I do come into the office every day or else I'd be stuck at home with my four daughters and my wife who's working at home. So uh, <laughs> I would be going crazy. Yeah, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of households out there right now. We've got some friends of ours who have two young children, uh, like, you know, two and four uh, ages. Actually, maybe it's like one and one and four, something like that. And now both working from home. One's a freelancer. Uh, the other has a full-time job, but now working from home. And it just must be chaos. It must just be madness. So they, they were asking how I was doing the other day. I was like, you think I'm going <laughs> to complain to exactly. somebody who's got two kids that they're trying to deal with while also trying to still you know, work and earn a living remotely? I was like, no, nah, I've, I've got my own home office. I can't really have any complaints over here. Now, last time I well, was in the dining room, so... You know, I did have a, t a chance to complain then for a for a few moments, but now I'm back in a stable situation. <laughs> well, you know what the thing is, it's the homeschooling. I know my wife, you know, so I've got all four of my daughters are homeschooling right now. Two of them are in college. They're doing online video classes all the time and, and they're super busy. My high schooler, she's got a bunch of work, work to do. And, you know, those three can do that all by themselves. But then you throw in the fifth grader. And uh, she's not exactly really motivated to do stuff. And so so my wife is trying to work and make sure she's doing her right. schoolwork and help her out with it. And that's the challenge. So I can't imagine people have two or three young children that really need that attention oh, and yeah. they're trying to work. That, that would be even worse. Oh, absolutely. I think at that point, the parents just have to kind of take turns, you know, okay, I'll, I'll watch them for two hours, you go get work done, and then we'll swap off and then just, you know, probably work longer days to compensate for that, depending on how much work you indeed have to have to do during this time. I know every industry is different, but I think that just underscores the fact that we're all just trying to find our way through this thing, Scott, and we're going to make the best of it no matter, no matter what. Yeah. And the, and the, uh, the thing too, is that I, we just, we just try to get the three older girls to actually help out around the house. Can you, you know, pick up a vacuum and clean and it's like, you're, you're here all day long, you know, do something. Right. So that's another challenge we have too. You got to find some incentives, uh, that, that, that work well for them. Right. Well, my incentive is you have a roof over your head and you don't have to pay for your own food, so do it. I had a feeling that was coming, yeah. I had a feeling that was going to be the case. Well, we've got a great show on the way today. We're going to talk about coronavirus and uh, kind of where we stand right now and just get an update on the markets, the economy, and how has retirement planning maybe 
changed with all of this, or, or has it? Does it need to? We're going to talk about all that on today's show. We've also got a great question coming up a little bit later on that we're going to debut from Rick. Uh, Rick retired actually uh, already uh, with a million dollars in his IRA, more than that, but um, has some concerns over what's happened over the last couple of months, and so we're going to see if we can address his question, plus more, all straight ahead on today's show. But let's dive into the main topic today, and that is, of course, uh, the, the headlining thing right now, uh, coronavirus. You know, at the time that we're recording this episode, as as we have to give the caveat on anything that is timely in the podcast world here, Scott, you know, things could change from the time we have this conversation, mm-hmm. certainly. But kind of where we stand right now, the markets, we had the big drop, the, the big crash, if you will. And then we had kind of a pretty good run-up over the course of the next, you know, couple of weeks, you know, kind of with some positive news here and there. Seems to have stabilized a little bit. I mean, still very volatile, but not volatile in comparison to what we saw through that first couple of weeks of the virus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of give us an update of where we stand right now with the obvious caveat that things could certainly change in the world by the time we hit, you know, go on this episode. Um, And do you expect this volatility continue for a long time? Can you give us just kind of a, a state of the union report on the markets at the moment? I, I do feel very presidential now when you say that. <laughs> you know, it, the volatility is definitely going to continue. And and just like you said, you know, things can definitely change by the time you're listening to this because this was the fastest drop that we had ever had in the markets when the initial drop happened, the fastest one. And, you know, then we came up about 20%. We're right now, as of the day of this recording, we're off about, we're up about 20% off of those lows. And, but we're going to continue to the volatility out there. We're going to continue to have big swings. You know, the markets are going to have to absorb a lot of bad news coming up. We've started to see it with all the jobless reports that have come out. Now we got corporate earnings that are going to be coming out. And there's going to be a lot of surprises. They were worse than people expected. And there'll be some that are better than people expected. You know, but I think as we look at this, as of today, my initial feeling is that it's hitting the economy a little harder than people anticipated. And I do think that we do need to get the economy moving and rolling again, and that's going to help us all out. Uh, Obviously, everybody's health and safety is the number one priority, but we need to figure out a way to get the economy moving and be able to keep people safe because we can't continue on too long. I mean, these economic numbers that are coming out are just horrible. I mean, since, you know, things we haven't seen since the Great Depression as far as drops and stuff and unemployment numbers. And, uh, you know, so we definitely need to get it going. And that's going to help the market out. The market likes certainty. You know, the other thing, and, you know, you've everybody's heard me say this, whether you've met with me, you've listened to my webinars or my podcasts or that markets are driven by news and we can't predict the news. Thus, we can't predict the markets. So, you know, every day there's new news coming out. Every day there's something new. I know here in Ohio, the governor every day does a press conference. You know, the president and the vice president and the doctors are all doing press conferences every day. So there's always stuff coming out. And that's creating all this volatility because it's driven a lot by news. Now, the good thing going forward is, at least as of the date of this recording, 
you know, we're starting to see the curve flatten a little bit. We're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel. So that gives people hope that we're getting close to the end of this and we're getting to the point where maybe we can start to get things opened up again. And that's going to create a little bit more certainty and that's going to help our markets out. And I do think that, you know, once we get through this initial period and we, we get back to work, we get the economy rolling again, you know, we are going to get, you know, moving back rather quickly. It will, we'll ramp up kind of slowly to start, but I, I think things will start moving along. I think the economy will start to pick up by the end of the year. Uh, not saying we'll be back to where we were before this virus is, but I think we should be starting by the end of the year, be firing on all the cylinders. But that market volatility continue because let's say in the fall, we get another spike up in these viruses. You know, we're, the market will probably feel that. So we're going to continue to have the volatility. We're not necessarily out of the woods yet, but we do certainly see a light at the end of the tunnel. We've seen with many pandemics in the past, although one like this that's been so world-changing hasn't really happened while most of us have been alive, uh, but we have seen in pandemics in the past throughout history the Spanish flu, which this you know one has certainly drawn a lot of comparisons to, being the same way. The uh, It had multiple waves, and the second wave of the Spanish flu, I believe, from what I've read, ended up being worse than the first wave. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. that that's going to be the case with this virus, but that's a possibility and something that we'll have to be aware of. So yeah, even when we're done with this thing, we may not actually be done with it. You know, it's still undergoing mutations and changes and uh, new strains could present problems. It's, it's going to be going to be with us for a while, at least in terms of a consideration and uh, consideration of a virus means uncertainty and uncertainty means instability like you just outlined Mm -hmm. for us, Scott. So got to be interesting to see how it all works out, but it, it seems like you are definitely on the side of some positivity here, slow positivity, but positivity nonetheless. Well, you know what? This is different than 2008, too. A lot a lot of people, you'll remember 2008, we had the complete economic meltdown where our banking system was hours away from complete meltdown. Um, I this mean, we, we thought the world was going to end in 08. I mean, people had that sort of, it had a very 9-11 feel to it of... This is it. This is this is this is going to be the catalyst for the world, not completely ending, but for chaos to hit the streets, you know. And I feel like there's a little less of that here. There's a little bit of worry of that, obviously, if we couldn't get it under control. But I feel like there's a little less worry that we're going to slip that far into uh, into the chaos realm. You know, when you look at the numbers, just pure on a mass standpoint, you know, you mentioned those previous pandemics we've had, whether you know Spanish flu. Ebola, SARS, you know, the bird flu, all all these different things that we've had, pandemics that we've had, they've all had obviously varying degrees, and this is a greater one, but our you know, nowadays with technology and the spread of news and you know, the reaction that that we've all had as a country, meaning you know, all of our shutdowns and our closures, our schools and all this stuff, you know, it, it's different in that aspect in that. You know, this has been one of the biggest reactions we've had to any type of event that affects everybody's lives. Yeah, that's a great point. Everybody affected in some way, shape, or form, often differently from one person to the next, but everybody affected in one way. All right, so I'm curious to learn over the last month or so, what have your conversations been like with your clients? Have they been concerned? Can you take us through what some of those have have been? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously have everybody's concerned, okay? But, you know, I think that 
because I work and do holistic planning with people, we've had a plan, we've had a strategy, we've talked about what their risk tolerances are, we've got them set up in portfolios that we know what the expectations of those portfolios are. So all in all, you know, most people have actually, you know, not freaked out, not have panicked. I've gotten calls, you know, from usually the, the same people that, that you know, always worry, which is fine. And, you know, we've talked through it. But, you know, my message to, to everybody is just stay calm. These things happened before. Market drops have happened before. And they'll happen again. You want to resist the temptation to say, but this is different. This is different than the, the, the Spanish flu. This is different than the bird flu. You know, they're all different. But you want to resist that reaction to make rash decisions. You want to keep away from the headlines and don't react to the headlines. And remember your long-term plan. So, again, when you have that plan, that allows you that peace of mind to know, hey, you know what, we knew that markets were going to pull back. We, we've been saying that for years, that we know the market's going to pull back. We just don't know when. And, you know, it happened to be that, you know, the, the coronavirus out of China is the triggering event that made the market pull back. So mostly everybody's remained calm. Everybody knows that we've got a strategy in place. And we've been making adjustments and different changes to our clients' portfolios and doing some different things too, so that they know that, you know, we're working to, to make sure we can maximize this opportunity for them. So important to communicate effectively during this time. I know that is definitely the case. Now, there are two different groups of people that we need to talk about here, Scott. There's the group that hasn't built a plan. They didn't have a plan in place before all this went down. I want to talk about them in a moment. But first, sticking with your current clients, they obviously already had a solid plan in place. That's why they were working with you. However, I know you've talked about how the plan is kind of a living, breathing document. It's something that takes tweaking and changing over time. With such a big market change and such a big economic landscape change that we've undergone, what kind of adjustments have you made or are you looking at doing right now for those folks who are already working with you? So there's several different aspects to that. Number one, you've got the portfolio adjustments, the changes to the investments. Uh, when we talk about that, you know, one of the things that, that you want to take a look at is rebalancing your portfolio. So if, if for instance, you had 50% of your allocation was in equities to start with, and after this market drop, it's down to 40. What you want to do is rebalance and get your equity position back up to 50. So in other words, you're buying more shares at a lower price, but you're not increasing your risk level. You're simply setting it back to where it was previously. But you, the end result is you ended up buying those shares cheaper so that when the markets do come back, and they will, you're going to be able to prosper and take advantage of that. And then there, there's also the adjustments to the portfolio based on you know what sectors and areas and, and which parts are going to uh, come back quicker than others. So making those adjustments to the portfolio, whether it's you know decreasing your international exposure or you know, lowering the durations on the bond portion of the portfolio or, you know, reducing small caps, whatever the, the changes are that, that you'd be making in there, you make those adjustments to the portfolio too. And then I think you make those adjustments, you do that rebalance, you get yourself uh, in a better position to then participate when the markets do rebound. So those are the types of things that we do in our models and we do in our portfolios uh, for all of our clients. But 
you know, the worst thing you can do is, is, like I said, fight that temptation to pull the money out of the market and say, I'm just going to wait it out in cash because, you know, we don't know, you know, how quickly the market will rebound. You look at, I mean, if you would have pulled your money out when the market had bottomed out, the market's now up 20% from that bottom. You would have totally missed a 20% run out in the market. And then you're really behind. So you want to keep it invested. You want to keep everything with the portfolio strategy. Then the other aspect of the plan is to take a look at, you know, the actual retirement aspect of everything. So in other words, you know, how, how is the drop in the portfolio going to affect your retirement income? You know, once you have a plan in place and you're working with, you know, us or any other financial advisor, it's very easy for us to rerun those numbers. Uh, maybe take a look at Roth conversions. If you're planning on doing Roth conversions and try so that you can minimize your taxes in the future and your retirement, well, if you do a Roth conversion now, it might very well make sense because you can do the conversion now and then you get more when, when the markets come back, all your growth is going to be tax-free in the, in the Roth IRA as opposed to the taxable IRA. So things like that are, you can do from the planning aspect as well as reevaluating your risk tolerance and, and making sure that that portfolio that you're working with is comfortable for you as well as it's going to meet your goals later on down the road. Also important. I, I love just hearing all the details of how you kind of look into every nook and cranny of a financial plan and see where tweaks and adjustments need to be made, but also realizing, too, that some of the adjustments uh, that are the most important are the ones that you don't make. Right, some of the calls that you end up being the best in life, some of the decisions are the ones that you don't make or that you don't choose right. to take action on. So it, it goes both ways. Well, you know what? I just got a uh, I just got an email from the client yesterday, and uh, you know, at his job, they they had a meeting, and they were stopping making matching contributions to his four hundred one k plan. He was putting in, I think he was putting in like six seven percent into the into his retirement plan, and the company was matching. So they reduced and they're not doing any of the matching anymore, as well as they told him that they're going to have a 5% pay cut starting in the next 30, 60 days or something like that. So they were cutting his salary as well as they were reducing his contributions to his retirement plan. So his email, you know, he asked me, well, should I still continue to contribute even though they're not matching? You know, how is this going to reflect my retirement numbers? So those are the types of changes too that you need to modify to a plan. Things that, you know, are external forces, maybe job related or stuff like that is also going to affect your plan. All right. Well, last but not least, Scott, let's talk about that group of folks I mentioned earlier. Those who didn't have a plan in place before all this happened, um, someone who hasn't built a plan, still doesn't have a plan in place, because probably, I would imagine, many reasons. One, they're worried. Is now the time to, one, even act? Uh, two, have I suffered irreparable damage to my financial and retirement plan that nothing can be done about it? Uh, just a lot of uncertainty for those folks, obviously. So what should the next steps be for somebody who's in that situation who hasn't built a plan yet? Well, you know what, Walter, two sayings come to mind when you say that. Number one, knowledge is power. And number two, it's never too late. So it's never too late to create your plan. You know, whether we've had a big market drop and the economy shut down, you still need to get that plan because once you have the plan, it's going to give you the, the knowledge to make comfortable decisions. So you're going to know that when this happens again, and it will, that you're going to be okay. That's not going to affect your retirement. 
or, or you're going to know you're going to have that portfolio and your investment set up in a way where you're not going to get hit so bad because maybe it would affect your retirement if you had a big 20, 30% drop in, in your retirement portfolio. I think another big thing is it should look when you develop a plan is kind of have buckets, you know, something part of that plan should be, you're going to have money that's going to be safe and conservative that you're going to be using to fund your current years in retirement. All your risky assets, you you may not be using for 10, 15 years down the road, and they can take a little bit more volatility. So then you know when this market drops that, hey, you know what? My assets that are that you know are down 20%, well, I'm not even touching those things for 10 years, but the money I'm using to fund my retirement today barely moved. So that's all part of having that plan in place is that you know you have the answers to the questions before they even happen. And, and, a, and a good financial advisor, fiduciary that's working on the same side of the table with you is going to walk you through and have this thing all laid out so that you know what to expect later on down the road and you can feel conservative. Because I know when we develop plans and we we do something called Monte Carlo simulation, we want a thousand different possible market scenarios and give us a probability of success with your plan. And then we start working off of that. So we know that when we stress test our portfolios and we stress test your plan, you know, if there's a bear market the first year of your retirement and the market's down 25%, we know how that's going to affect your retirement even before it happens. I always think when you say the Monte Carlo simulation of this, like, uh, you know, famous race, and especially now in today's world where they're doing, like, you know, video game sports and racing to make up for the real thing. <laughs> yeah. The I Monte saw Carlo. The, other day on TV. the Monte it, Carlo it, simulation it, sounds just like, uh, it's just like something like that. I saw some sprint car racing or something, and it actually took me a second to realize it yes, wasn't real. Yes, yes. I mean, it looks so good. And then I saw some dude sitting in a little simulator with this fake yep. helmet on. And I'm I, like, oh, my gosh, this isn't even real. I so want to do that. So I am uh, I am a big sprint car racing fan. Uh, my dad grew up in the Northeast watching Dirt Modifieds and then, you know, became a sprint car fan over the years. And then I grew up, uh, you know, getting really into it as well. And so, um, you know, we've he has played one video game his entire life. And it was the 2002 World of Outlaws sprint car racing game. And he still plays it to this day. <laughs> the same game. It's the only video game he's ever played. And he still plays it to this day. And so I had to show him that on TV the other night. I was like, look at the setups these guys have. <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, that, that it's something else. Yeah. It's something else. Yeah. I looked into it to see what it would take, but you have to have like a really good computer and, uh, they have like what those triple screens that they've got mm-hmm. set up to make it feel like they really have a 180 degree view in the, in the cockpit left and right and straight ahead. And yeah. And, and you need a really good internet connection and, and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, it's a little out of our league probably for setting up, but, uh, but <laughs> neat to look at nonetheless. And, and I did the exact same as you. It took, it had, took me a second to be like, this is fake. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. Well, is. in any event, as we talked about on uh, the early part of today's show, you know, Scott still has the office open, still able to meet with you if you have questions about your financial plan, about retirement. Uh, you can do a remote interview and uh, meeting as well. Just like we're hosting the show remotely today, you can do the same thing and have a video conference to go over your financial situation as well. Uh, lots of opportunities and ways to still get a plan in place if you have a lot of question marks surrounding 
surrounding your financial plan. Don't be afraid to ask the right questions. Scott Searles is there for you. And if you want to get in touch, you can do so by calling 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Or go online to skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com. And you can find past episodes of the podcast, more information all there on the website, skyboxasset.com. And we'll put the links and important pieces of information that you need to know uh, into the show notes of today's episode to make it easy for you to get in touch. They can also go to www.talktoscott.com and just uh, set up a 15-minute phone call if you want to run through some questions. Very easy way to do it. Yep, talktoscott.com, and we'll put that link in the show notes today as well. So however you want to get in touch with us, you have all of your options right there. Pick the easiest that's for you. And the most important thing is getting off the porch if you don't have that plan in place and get it in place starting today. Uh, So check that out. If you need any assistance at all, don't hesitate to reach out. Well, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. It's getting to know you time. All right, my fun question for you today, Scott, if you could relay a message to yourself 20 years ago, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? (laughs) <laughs> that's funny because one of my favorite movies is back to the future oh yeah i always that that would be awesome if i could just travel back and you know you can't run into your old self because you'd mess up the future that's but right. if you could somehow give yourself okay. a message okay quick quick aside quick aside before we get your answer to this uh because ha- we talk netflix recommendations and and movies and tv shows and stuff all the time on on this show and mm-hmm. now it's kind of a great time to have some recommendations for folks since may, several folks may still be quarantined and whatnot have you seen Dark on Netflix? No, but you mentioned that to me before. Is it, is it that kind of sci-fi it's, Well, thing? they even mention Back to the Future in the show. They, they reference it. So it's, it's actually a German show. So you have to watch it with subtitles. And uh, they do have the like English voiceovers. But it's still good even with the voiceovers. It's all about time travel. Yeah. And it's similar. Oh, wow. so they get into this loop. And then they start meeting themselves. And yeah, it turns into this whole, all these people start disappearing from these different decades. And it all overlaps and relates to each other. It's really hard to keep up with, but it's a really well done show and very intriguing. So there's two seasons of it so far. And uh, it's on Netflix. And so if you like Back to the Future or time travel stuff, Dark is definitely one to go watch. It's It'll leave you scratching your head, but wanting to definitely watch the next episode immediately. All right, I'm going to do that. And you know what? The moral of the story is just stay away from yourself when you're in the past. That's right. (laughs) Got to be real careful. You know what? Also talking about Netflix, you mentioned that movie uh, last month, that Knives Out, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we watched that, and it was actually a super good It was pretty good, wasn't it? We watched it, the whole family, we watched it. Yeah, I really wasn't interested in watching it, but then after seeing it, I was like, oh, it was really good. So, yeah, that was was good acting, fast-paced. seemed like kind of an updated clue, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one night of our our family fun activities was the result of Walter's recommendation. So thank you. Well, you'll probably hate me after you go watch Dark because you'll be like, this is the most (laughs) stressful show I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I like that stuff. But, you know, if if I were going back into the past and I, I would stay away from myself, obviously, but there's so many things you think about that, right? Hey, you know, I'll give myself some lottery numbers right. or, you know, get the sports scores. So or, the, I can, or, the, you know, or the date of the market you know. going up and down, right? Right, right, right. But what I would, I would be less 
I guess you could say mischievous in my uh, in my message. And I would tell myself simply just to invest more money 20 years ago than I did. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, buy more Apple stock, do stuff like that, that I, I wish I had done when I was in my twenties, a lot more of, and, and invested more money, you know, young family and, you know, I'm working and, you know, I obviously I did invest and, and, but you always wish that you would invest a whole lot more because, you know, I, I could probably retire right now. Not that I don't like talking to you, Walter, but I probably have better things to do. <laughs> You could find some other hobbies other than it. You would just you would still be doing a podcast with me. It's just all we would do is talk about movies rather than retirement planning, right? That's true. And I'm going to write down some good ones for you. I can't think of them, but we've okay. Good. I mean, well, why don't we make that a regular part of the show, Scott? Since we both, you know, and I feel like the world needs it, right? We need movie and TV recommendations. So we'll 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 make that a new segment each each time we do a show. We'll have a a movie or TV show recommendation for folks. Absolutely. I like it. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, you would just give that basic message of invest more. I I feel like that's good. Yeah. You're not crossing the line too much of, here, go be a bazillionaire by knowing when the market's going to crash and when it's going to rise back up. But just general good advice of invest more over time. Yeah. You know, or, or I could just give myself the idea to create my own Google. Yeah, that too would work well. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess what hey, you twenty years ago. Should make a search engine on this new internet thing. Yeah, when did Google start? Was with, if we went back to that, may not be far enough back. Hasn't Google been around for, let's see, two thousand and well, two thousand, right? Would have been twenty years ago. So that would we were still in Ask yeah. Jeeves territory in two thousand. Yeah, we're right on the cusp there because I remember. In the, you know, the old CompuServe days mm-hmm. when the internet first started, and that was early 90s. So I imagine Google came along before 20. Go- Google 2000. was founded in uh, September of 1998. Yeah. 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 So. YouTube, uh, to, not till 2005. Isn't that amazing that we haven't had YouTube but for 15 years? It feels like it's been around forever. Well, what about Facebook? I wonder when Facebook was founded. Uh, well, Facebook was all like in the uh, mid two thousands, right? I just okay. watched the Social Network the other night, actually. Uh, all right. Well, so I'm gonna. I give myself the idea for Facebook. Then. Uh, Facebook was founded in two thousand four, but didn't really. I don't think got onto our all of our radars until what two thousand six, two thousand seven timeframe, something like that. Gotcha. So. As I remember, I was a freshman in college. Well, actually, no, that, that timeline's about right, because I was a freshman in college in 2005, and uh, it, it was really had just become a big thing that first year of college. So, yeah, that sounds about right. All right. Amazing, amazing stuff. Trips down memory lane on today's show, that's for <laughs> sure. All right, well, let's get a question from one of our listeners before we wrap up for the week here, Scott. This one comes to us, as I mentioned, from Rick. It's a good one, too. Rick says, I retired two years ago with more than a million dollars in my IRA, which I thought at the time would be more than enough to give me the retirement lifestyle that I want. And I'll probably be fine, but it makes me nervous every time I withdraw money from that account balance because I don't want to live too long and run out of money. And the recent market downturn mm -hmm, uh, makes it worse. Am I worrying too much? You know, Rick, that is a perfect question, and uh, no, you're not worrying too much because you should worry if you have not created a plan. If you created a plan and you had a plan in place, it's going to, again, I just said this literally three minutes ago, uh, You know, knowledge is power. You have the plan in place. You've worked with somebody. You've ran all these different assumptions before. You know that, hey, if you're taking 
you know, $4,000 a month or $2,000, $3,000 a month out of your IRA in order to help fund your lifestyle on top of Social Security, pension, or whatever else you may have, that you know that, you know, no matter what these market scenarios are, that you're going to have enough money to live. So it's simply just creating that plan and you know where you're at, having your portfolio set to the proper risk level that you feel comfortable with so you don't have the big drops and you don't have the volatility, having buckets set up so your conservative money's not in the market, and then it doesn't matter. So again, it's just meeting with somebody, creating that financial plan, and you know when I create a financial plan for clients, I name it the Worry-Free Retirement Blueprint. So that's the name of the plan that I create for my clients because it will help you not have to worry because you have all the answers. And of course, you're not, you know, not all the answers, but you know, you're going to have the majority of the answers. And then we, if we don't have them, when the time comes, we'll figure it out. So you need a worry-free retirement blueprint, Rick. Yeah, I think that's just so important. If you have big questions outstanding when it comes to your retirement, and especially if you're already into retirement, like Rick is here, uh, you know, that shouldn't be the case. You should have nothing but answers, really, when it comes to your retirement plan. And if there's big questions like that still hanging around out there, it's a good sign that you don't have a great plan in place. So Rick or anyone in a similar situation, again, don't hesitate to reach out to Scott Searles. You can schedule a 15-minute call to talk a little bit about your plan and your situation and to see if Scott might be able to offer you some help by going to talktoscott.com. Again, talktoscott.com. Schedule your time to meet there on the website or give a call to 888-742-0111. And we'll put the contact information for Scott in the show notes of today's episode so it's easy for you to access and find. Well, Scott, had a lot of fun on today's show. Uh, very much enjoyed it, and uh, we'll look forward to another great conversation with you next week. All right, yeah. You know, I love it every time, Walter. Thank you. Yep, we'll talk again soon. Uh, for Scott Searles, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking the time out to join us. Everybody be healthy. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Wash your hands. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.